Welcome into the Austin Audible's podcast. I'm Matt Premier. Scopel is on the show. And today, our guest to preview the Oregon versus North Carolina football game in San Diego is Ross Martin of Inside Carolina. Ross, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to seeing this game play out and learning a little bit more about the Tar Heels. Yeah, guys, appreciate having me on. Uh, it's an exciting game, I think, because, you know, the teams have never played each other. It's yep. kind of East Coast versus West Coast. And I think there's just a cool kind of um, Nike, you know, yes. Jordan brand. I think I would consider Oregon, the obviously, the Nike big-time school out West. And I would consider UNC the Jordan brand Nike kind of flagship over here on the East Coast. So you have that element as well. Um, cool color combination and a really fun offensive game, I think, of, of two quarterbacks that are going to be in the Heisman race next year for sure. I, I, I really hope we get – the Carolina Blues and the Apple Greens of Oregon. That would be uh, a tremendous color combination for for a football game. And well, with y'all, it's like who knows what you're gonna wear, right? I remember <laughs> the days when it was just every every week was a different combination. UNC has, you know, it's either blue bottoms, white tops, blue helmet, or you know, it's any combination of blue and white. But so you can only go so far. But they could do all blue. Um, they don't really, they rarely do all white, but they have in the past, but, uh, you gotta get the color blue in there. So before we dive into this specific matchup, um, just your thoughts on just the overall season to date, nine and four, um, but they lost three games to end the season. They did make the conference championship game. Just how, how has this year been viewed by Carolina fans? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it, it was you know, really good to start. You know, they will – yeah, really good to start. You know, went 3-0 against, um, you know, non-big conference opponents. They had that 63-61 battle against Appalachian State in Boone. Um, and if – I mean, obviously, a lot of your readers are not from North Carolina, but, you know, App State's like – you know, it's the it's a, a pretty big public school in the state of North Carolina. A lot of rivalries there. So that was a crazy game, 63-61. Came down to the bottom. The, UNC gave up like 40 – two points or 40 points in the fourth quarter. Um, and they lost to Notre Dame. And then they just kind of went on this run. They, they beat Virginia Tech, beat Miami, beat Duke, um, beat Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of the games were close. And they got to a point where they just – they won the Coastal outright against uh, – when they beat Wake Forest uh, in Winston-Salem. And they were sitting at, I guess, what they were at. They only had one loss. So they were sitting like 7-1, 8-1, I think, 9-1. and And they just kind of – the wheels came off. They lost to Georgia Tech. Which was a huge loss. George Tech wasn't this, that good this year. They fired their coach midway through the season, then lost an overtime matchup against rival NC State, and then kind of got beat down in the in the championship game. So it was like a really good season, and it kind of just fell flat. And it's kind of leaving fans a little deflated. You know, Drake May didn't play as well in the last uh, last three games. The offense wasn't as good, um, and so it was a really good season. Coastal championship, which is awesome, but then kind of. It should have beat uh, Georgia Tech. It should have beat uh, NC State. And then they're, so they're kind of limping. They limped into the bowl game and they're kind of – sorry, they limped into the ACC championship game. They're kind of limping into the bowl game too. They've lost their offensive coordinator and their offensive line coach. So two big coaching changes there. So they have like a GA coaching uh, the offensive line. They have the wide receivers coach calling plays and kind of coaching the offensive line. So – and of course, as everybody knows in college football, you know some transfers, some some NFL draft guys. So um, it was a it, coastal championships was it was a good season, but 
a very unfortunate and disappointing ending to the year. Ross, I can't tell you how similar that sounds to Oregon season. Like almost like that you could have written what you just wrote about Oregon, except for obviously playing in the ACC and the losses, the specific losses. And that would be almost identical to Oregon season of the, of the highs of winning eight in a row after an early season loss and, and then dropping two games late and, uh, it, it, quarterback gets injured, so he doesn't play quite as well. Like you said, Oregon's this game is going to be called by uh, it's Oregon's receivers coach and tight ends coach are going to be calling plays because Oregon's offensive coordinator left. There's just so many similarities going into this one, and I think Oregon fans, it seems like, are left feeling similar to Tar Heel fans, where it was a season with a lot of promise that ends up being kind of disappointing in this game. If it doesn't go Oregon's way, I think that will be just kind of add to the tumultuous nature of the year. Um, and I'm just, I guess I'm curious on your end, because I think on our end, it's been kind of s- subdued interest in this bowl game. And I don't know if that's fair. Or, I mean, obviously we have the, the transfer portal get stacked on top of signing day. So there's a lot of stuff going on. we got basketball programs out here that are drawing a lot of attention, but I just wonder what the temperature check is for you guys out there in terms of this game. Like how, how, how fired up are people for this? Is there a lot of talk of people coming West to San Diego? What's, <laughs> what's kind of going on on your side of the country with this game? Yeah, I, I think the travel out west with the flight, uh, cost of flights, I don't think there'll be many Carolina fans there. Um, there really hasn't been much hype for this game. You know, Mac Brown didn't talk to the media until the Monday before signing day because he had to introduce the, the new coaches, the new offense coordinator, new offense line coach. So there wasn't really much buildup in terms of the media. And, and yeah, we've kind of a little bit moved on to basketball, as you know, like. They had a big game against Ohio State uh, in Madison Square Garden, a big game against Michigan and Charlotte, and so the basketball season is getting, getting tread here. And that's how it usually is, man. If you're not in a pr- premier bowl game, there's not a lot of interest. You know, It's a month after the last game, um, and, and being on the West Coast doesn't help too much. So, But, I mean, it's, it's been cool watching the, the players go to the um, zoo and go to SeaWorld and go to the roller coasters. I mean, that's fun. It's been a pretty cool experience, I think, for the players. They got there the 23rd, but um, – yeah, I mean, I think these bowl. I think it's this the way it usually goes for bowl games, right? Unless you're college football playoff or in one of the New Year's Six bowls, you know. I think UNC was expecting to maybe be able to go to the um, the Orange Bowl uh, as a second ACC team, but losing to Clemson uh, and kind of limping into the season ended ended those dreams. So, but I do think it's a cool matchup. I mean, Oregon's a big time program. I mean, that's a you know we think of it as one of the dominant programs. They've been so good for the last twenty years. I think. Um, you know, I guess y'all and USC are kind of the, the standard on the West Coast. So that, it's an exciting opponent, I think. Um, I think two quarterbacks helps too. I mean, yeah. like you said about, you know, Bo Nix, you know, the same thing with Drake May. Like, we didn't expect Drake May to be this good. Um, and that's why there wasn't that many expectations for the season. And so and he's been spectacular. He was spectacular for the first eight or nine games. He's been incredible. You know, it was right there in the highs and race until it kind of fell off. So that's cool too. It's just it'd be a good chance to see kind of what next next year's team will look like too. And in these bowl games, sometimes it's always more about doesn't really matter who's playing or who's not because both teams are dealing with injuries, opt outs, de- declarations. It's more so of just who wants to be there. Like, do you, do you feel like North Carolina with the three losses to end the season, they're still out there fighting? and practice getting ready for this game? Or do you get that sense that, hey, like, we're ready for the year to be over? Yeah, I think they learned from last year. They got kind of – they got beat down in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl in Charlotte against South Carolina. It was a big win for Shane Beamer. I think Mac, Coach Brown, has been very um, persistent about not letting that happen again. 
and they have a little bit better, you know, senior leadership, junior leadership. So I, I think they'll, I think they want to be there. want to get a win. I think they have some leaders in place that will help that. Um, I, I don't know what happened last year, but it was, it was a pretty bad loss. So I think that knowing that, knowing how that felt will kind of um, inspire them to, to come out and, and want to win. Um, yeah. So that's how I'd answer that. Russ, I'm curious on, on Mac Brown in general, and this is a 71 year old head coach, obviously one of the legends in the, in the sport from his time at Texas, uh, national championship coach. Four years have all been pretty successful. I mean, I don't know, North Carolina, the expectations are high. Nine wins, you talked about kind of maybe getting closer to where you want it to be. What's the trajectory? How has he kind of felt, in, I guess, for you guys down there? Because this is a guy who I think for a lot of Oregon fans, they remember his time at Texas and – you know, I was talking to my dad yesterday, and I go, he was asking if this is Mac Brown's first or second season. I, was, I think he's been there a little bit longer than that. Uh, what can you yeah. kind of tell us about what he's accomplished down there so far? Yeah, so I think one thing he's really done is really stabilize the program. They had won five games in two years in the last two years of Larry Fedora. So he kind of raised the, the, the uh, floor. The recruiting has been really good. Um, you know, they had, uh, I think they had top 15, top 20 recruiting classes for three years. This year is probably going to finish top 30, maybe 25. It's a little bit of a down year in recruiting this year, but they were, they're getting five stars and you know, more five stars than they've ever had uh, over the last two or three years. You know, Drake May being one of them. I think he was a borderline five star. Keyshawn Silver, who's transferring. Tony Grimes, who's transferring. So they, they have, they have recruited better. And I think the fact that some talent in the state of North Carolina has been a little higher too has helped. Um, so he stabilized the program, but I think fans are, have been upset with how bad the defense has been. It hasn't been good yet uh, since he's been back. The offense has been really good. You know, Sam Howell was a quarterback for three years. He was a really good quarterback, got drafted last year, uh, set some records for UNC, and they just rolled into the Drake May era. He's going to be here for one more year. Um, so offense has been really good under Phil Longo, who left for Wisconsin. But the defense just hasn't been um, hasn't been there. And that's what fans were really upset with this year. Like, the offense was good enough. Like, they were – I mean, the offense carried the team this year pretty much. It just the defense still wasn't performing well. They were still winning games because the competition wasn't that great. I don't know if you all know, but the ACC Coastal Division is just not good. I mean, it's – you know, it's Miami's down. Virginia Tech hasn't been good. Virginia's pretty average usually. Pittsburgh's okay. Uh, Duke, you know, is is usually, you know, six, seven wins. So it's it's really there's no real standout. You, you would think Miami, Virginia Tech would be the stars, but they haven't been that way since they joined the ACC. So um, even though UNC won the Coastal, they just the defense they just they weren't ever that great, and it was always having the Drake may do a lot to win. So uh, I think that the main complaint about Mac Brown would be he hasn't been able to field a really good defense. The offense has been pretty solid. Um, recruiting has been pretty good, but yeah, there's always you mentioned him 71. I get the question a lot about when he's going to retire. He gets an extension. He gets a one-year extension every year. So he has like a five-year contract, like kind of, like kind of rolling five-year contract. Um, and we'll see him. He could retire any time now. You know, it's kind of like Roy Williams in basketball. You know what's happening. You know what's coming at some point. You just didn't know when. But um, he's not going to coach forever. So could be next year. It could be in two or three years. We don't know. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Ross Martin of Inside Carolina. All right, welcome back to the Austin Audible's podcast. Um, Ross, this game is supposed to be high scoring. Um, I, 
don't know if you know much about Oregon's defense, but they're terrible. Um, and <laughs> uh, they don't have a pass rush. Uh, they, they had basically one good corner. Um, their linebackers were not good in defending the pass. And their three best players at all three levels are not playing in this game because they've all either gone pro and I've opted out or one of them is a senior and has opted out to prepare for the NFL draft. Like, so I, I am anticipating even with the opt outs that Carolina has offensively, they're going to put up big, big yards. They're going to put up points just because Oregon's defense can't generate a pass rush and their coverage guys aren't very good. Like what's been the issue for North Carolina that in your opinion allows betters, Vegas people, you know, media members like ourselves to expect a high performance from Morgan as well offensively. What, what's what's wrong with, with Carolina's defense? I mean, when you started there describing Oregon's defense, I mean, that's exactly UNC's defense. Like, their pass rush is awful. I, I, I would say that UNC probably has a worse pass rush. I'm trying to look it up. Uh, I don't know what metrics you all use, but um, – I know, I mean, I know they have, Oregon had four sacks over the last six games. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, UNC cannot get after the quarterback. And they lost – look, they lost their starting nose tackle. They lost uh, their best edge rusher in Noah Taylor. And they lost their, like, power in Desmond Evans. So they lost their three out of the four starters midway through the season. So a bad pass rush, like, got even worse. So the defensive line has been pretty bad all year um, They because they lost, they lost so much talent through injury. The cornerbacks have not been that great, and they lost both the guy. Both starters are gone. Um, Tony Grimes entered the transfer portal. He committed to Texas A&M. He was a big five-star commitment in 2020 class. Uh, he wasn't that great either. And then Storm Duck, who's been pretty good. Storm Duck, great name for for Oregon. Uh, great name overall. Um, he he's come to Eugene. Portal. Yeah, I, he's uh, he's out there. So if you want to grab him, you can. Um, he was a good player for UNC. He had a pretty good year. He's gone too. So they're going to be starting a um, a freshman corner in Marcus Allen. Uh, they'll be starting on the other side. Uh, Legend Cavazos transfer from Ohio State. Um, they're starting. Uh, they're going to be starting Will Hardy, I think, at safety. So um, they got some opt out guys, some transfer guys. So they'll be having some new names in the defensive secondary. They have good linebackers, but I mean, defense has been the issue all year. Um, haven't forced too many turnovers. Can't get after the quarterback. So, yeah, I think it's two good offenses against two bad defenses. So, uh, no surprise that the over-under is pretty high there. And it, it should be a fun game. I mean, I think that makes it pretty fun for, for viewers. A lot of touchdowns because um, Drake May can, can, can move the ball. Um, he struggled recently, but he can definitely move the ball. Ross, I just looked it up. Oregon has 16 sacks this year. North Carolina has 16 sacks this year. Only four. There you teams, go. Only four Power Five teams nationally have less. So I mean, this yeah. is. I it's it's funny because so many of the things you've said in this podcast, I mentioned it earlier about just the season arc and kind of yeah. what it was to Oregon. Now you're talking about the defensive struggles and then the quarterbacks. I feel like these teams are are really similar in terms of kind of I don't know maybe just some of the intangibles, some of the strengths, some of the weaknesses, and. I want to get to Drake May because I, I don't know if we talked about him almost enough. I know he is a, a, a Tar, Tar Heel legacy. His brother, I think two brothers played different sports. or I know one played basketball. Yeah, his uh, oldest brother, Luke May, was really good at Carolina for basketball. Hit that big shot against Kentucky right. in 2017, one of the most famous shots for UNC. Uh, I and mean, then he was he actually wasn't that good that year, but his next few years he was uh, like an all-ICC player. His His – 
set, they, there's four brothers. One brother played baseball at, at Florida and won national championship. Okay. And the next youngest, uh, right above uh, Drake, is a walk-on on the basketball team um, currently. Um, and by the way, I just looked up total defense. Uh, Oregon was 75. It's 75. UNC is 116. <laughs> so as bad as Oregon's defense is, All right. UNC was a lot better. A lot, a lot worse, sorry. <laughs> so, so, but just walk me through this Drake May season because you, you mentioned it with, with the quarterback situation, what it was a year ago where you had probably one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC to go to May who didn't play really at all last year, redshirted, I think, right? Yeah, he redshirted, yeah. So, so what was the anticipation here with, with him and what he could be? And I, I assume because of the mention, I brought the legacy thing because I assume he's somebody who's been talked about with high esteem for a long time amongst North Carolina people. Was the expectation that he'd be this good so soon? Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't really know what to expect until they strap it on, right? You know, he was a big-time recruit. He was uh, you know, number 25 in the nation, you know, right above that, that four- and five-star range, definitely top 50 recruit. He committed to Alabama, so it was an Alabama commit for you know six months or whatever. Then flipped to Carolina. He kind of flipped once Mac Brown got here and Phil Longo got to Carolina, and they, they, he kind of saw what they were doing on offense. Um, and I was told, you know, when Sam Howell left, like I was told not to worry about the offense. The offense is gonna be fine. The quarterback is gonna be fine. And man, he he burst on to the the stage. It was really good against Appalachian State in that in that high. Um, offensive game there. I'm trying to go through the games here. Um, let's see. He, was good. he just like went out and won some games for UNC. He's mobile. He can run the ball. He's six foot five. So you know he made UNC fans forget about Sam Howell very quickly. Sam Howell was the best quarterback in UNC history, uh, statistically. And then Drake May came on, and he was like taller, uh, maybe a little bit more athletic. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't have as much of a, a deep ball early on, but, but that's developed as well. Sam Howell had a really good deep ball. Um, you know, Drake May, you can tell he's kind of an athletic basketball player. He's long. Uh, he was 6'5", like I said, can run a little bit. And he's smart, and the players love him. He's tough. Um, and he can really just distribute it. He had some great playmakers. I think I think it'll be interesting to see how UNC is next year without Josh Downs. You know, he may be a first-round pick. He's not playing in the Holiday Bowl. And Antoine Green, who's also leaving, we, uh, Antoine Green is playing in the Holiday Bowl. Um, those are the two best wide receivers. But, um, yeah, the offense is great. Not much of a run game this year. So, I mean, Drake led the team in rushing as well. So, he can run the ball. But, you know, they like to – they would love to have the running backs lead the team in rushing. It just wasn't – didn't happen that way. A bunch of different running backs got hurt this year. Um, but, look, he's a guy, you know, can make all the throws like they say. He's made some big-time NFL throws. Um, carry the team to some actual some some wins against Duke, you know, in the last couple minutes. So he's been spectacular, um, and it'll be fun to watch him play again. I think Gordon fans will appreciate his ability um, as a quarterback. I think Eric's got a portal question, but I do want to talk portal too. Drake was linked to the portal yeah. a ton, a ton uh, before he came out and said that he's sticking with North Carolina. Just what were those rumors like where, you know, was it just schools trying to tamper and poach him or, or was there some legitimate thought that he maybe would look around? Yeah, I, I doubt he it ever got, I read there's ESPN did an interview with him recently where he kind of dispelled how serious those were like those offers. Um, but there were tons of rumors flying. And, and honestly, once the offensive coordinator left too, that, that was a little concerning for UNC fans. Um, yeah, but I think I don't think money is a huge was a huge issue, you know. But I mean, it'd be hard to turn down the, the two, three, four million dollar offers that he supposedly had. 
But you got to think, man. Um, so I think they were legitimate. I mean, I think a team like, you know, not to drop names, but a team that needs a quarterback. Like, who needs a quarterback next year? Like, think about who the star quarterbacks that are be leaving next year. There's three schools I have in mind. Um, and they're the ones that usually are, are winning and recruiting as well. Um, but look, one more year at Carolina, he's going to be making $20 million in the NFL next year. Kind of a hassle to, to pick up and move. You know, his parents live in Charlotte. They come to every game. His roommate is his brother. Uh, he's a Carolina guy. You know, the May name is, is like royalty here in Chapel Hill. Um, so it, it would it would have been devastating. Like, that would have been horrible for UNC football if that did happen. And But now he stayed. He's kind of even more of a, a folk here and there. But I think it certainly was a little bit of a concern. But, you know, if he was from some other state or, or you know, from somewhere else, I think that would have been more of a concern. But the fact that his brother went here, his brother goes here, his dad played quarterback here. I haven't even mentioned that. Um, and he's from Charlotte, which is, you know, two and a half hours away. Um, he made a big Twitter post about staying. And I think that's that was, that was huge for UNC because, you know, people want to come play with him. So um, we're, you're seeing like a, a star, you know, uh, transfer wide receiver coming in. People want to block for him. So uh, that was huge. Russ, I, I, Matt kind of tipped where I was going next. But with the portal, I'm curious because you mentioned Downs is, I think, opting out to go go to yes. prepare for the NFL draft. So that's your top receiver not playing. Top two corners or starting corners, at least Grimes and Duck. Again, Storm Duck, we've got a petition for him to go to Oregon. That makes too much sense. I thought this, I thought so three years ago, whatever it was when he was coming out, that that made too much sense then too. Um, but but kind of who else in the portal, how hard have, have North Carolina been hit and how much does that impact, do you think, this matchup? Like starting caliber players, guys that were contributors who aren't going to be playing. Yeah, I honestly don't think it's that big of a hit. I mean, they're losing their, their – their backup linebacker, Rod Dilworth, you know, he, he didn't play that much. Um, I'm kind of going through the list here, got in front of me. Um, the backup quarterback committed to Arkansas. Uh, like a backup kind of edge rusher who, you know, he was okay. Chris Collins committed to Minnesota. And then Storm Duck's the biggest loss. I mean, he was a starter. He was a really good player. They, they could have definitely used him next year. So that's the big loss. And then Cam Kelly was a starting safety. He entered the portal. He was okay. I think fans would argue he was not that good. There's always a reason why these guys are starting. I mean, he, he missed a bunch of tackles, but that's it, man. So um, the portal didn't hit UNC, I think, as hard as people would have thought. I think Tony Grimes, people were kind of fed up with him as well. He didn't have that great of a career at UNC. So really, you know, Storm Duck's the big loss. And the two other starters in the defensive secondary, but it was a defensive secondary that wasn't that good. So I don't know if it's addition by subtraction there. Um, but Josh Downs is a huge loss to the bowl game. Can't fault the guy for, for really leaving. I mean, he's going to be a first-round pick, maybe, maybe second-round pick. He is spectacular. I mean, him and Drake, I mean, he was having like 150-yard games, like back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. He set a record for the most catches in UNC history in three games. Um, and he was on a roll there. So a special talent uh, at the slot there. But they've recruited well at wide receiver. Um, so you've got him, Kobe Pesor, he'll step in right, right at um, – at slot, and he had a pretty good game when Josh Downs is out with injury. So there'll be a little bit drop off, but not too much. They they have some guys there at wide receiver who can, who can play. Um, but Josh Downs is very special. He's probably arguably the best wide receiver in UNC history. Good stuff, man. Really appreciate the time. That's all we had for you. Um, hopefully, we get treated to a, a good back and forth game. You said it best that look when the defenses suck, that leads to 
touchdowns, that leads to big plays, that leads to yards to yards. That's what we want to see in these bowl games, back and forth. It's not maybe the best thing to see in a regular season, a 61-60 to 60 game, but 61-60 uh, in a bowl game, that that's everything that we want. We want quirkiness. So hopefully we get that. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, and I think the, the Fox broadcast is great, too, because fans oh, get yeah. Gus Johnson and, and Joel Klatt. Like, UNC's never had those guys call games because it's usually ESPN or ACC Network. So it's a cool TV game, too. So it's a, it's a cool bowl. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, Ross.